Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the last core parenting conversation for 2022. I'm so excited to have you here because today we are talking about responsive rhythms for the holidays. I really wanted to give you guys something that's super tangible that you can walk away and you can put into practice over the course of the next month or so to really make the most and enjoy the holidays to the best of everyone's ability. So responsive rhythms are something, is a term that I came up with to just help describe how I kind of structure the day. I believe structure creates some predictability, which can help us regulate and just feel safe. But I didn't want to feel confined by a rigid structure. So I came up with this idea of responsive rhythms right? Rhythms are predictable patterns that provide a sense of safety, while responsive means we build in flexibility for the unpredictable. Because as you very well know, (laughs) parenthood and life with kids and just life in general can be pretty unpredictable. I like to think of holiday time, vacation time, or travel time in terms of responsive rhythms, even more so because there's just more factors at play And we want to still provide some structure, but also be really flexible for those fun things that pop up. I'm going to use a bucket analogy here to illustrate the concept that we all have things that fill our bucket and we all have activities that drain our bucket. I think of them as input versus output. For myself, I have to make sure that I engage in things that fill my bucket, which for me is quiet activities, (laughs) need quiet, such as reading, writing, reflecting, and also physical movement. This helps me for the output, which for me, again, this can be very personalized, are the planned activities, the gatherings, the parties, the outings, the socializing, and things that just take a lot of mental energy, right, to plan for the family, get everybody out the door, make sure everybody has what they need for the event. Children, too, will have input activities and output activities. That is, activities that require a big output of effort and energy for them and activities that help them recharge. This will look different for every child. So I'll give you some examples, but I don't want you to get so hung up on examples because it's really important to just tune into your own child to figure out what fills them up and what drains them. This can be different kinds of play, 
It can be being around certain people. And look, the people doesn't, it's not positive or negative. Some people are just super high energy and get the kids all wound up and they have a great time, but then the children can get overstimulated, right? And may not know when they need to take a break. How much rest do they need? That definitely varies child to child. What kind of connection activities really refill their bucket? I have one child who wants to sit and read with me. I have another child who wants to go out and play ball with me, kick a soccer ball around. Neither one is better or worse or right or wrong. It's just they're different. They need different things. Do they need lots of quiet time or is too much quiet time too much for them and they get a little frazzled because they need a little more structure? Do they need space to explore, create, socialize? So think about the observations you make about your own child, and each of your children, what do they naturally gravitate to and what do they ask to do? Oftentimes, just what our children request over and over again, or maybe you just find them doing something, those are great clues into what fills their bucket. Side note, (laughs) I don't count screen time as one of these activities, not because I don't think there isn't space for it, I certainly do, but just because these activities are meant to be more organic and a bit more intentional, whereas screen time most often encourages just passive watching or scrolling. It can be certainly a tool for like family movie night or family activities or just downtime maybe for parents, which is also super important, but I just don't really count it as for the children. Again, each child's different, so there are definitely exceptions to that general statement. Now that we've reflected a bit on the types of activities that you might highlight for your child, think about the upcoming activities for the season that you traditionally do each year. This may be very exciting school events, visiting family or having family come visit you, special meals, festive outings, parties, all of these events. Now, as exciting as they are, they are so charged. Yes, there's a lot of excitement surrounding them, but there's also a lot of stimulation. There's a lot of going off schedule. So we're really leaving behind that safety security of that predictability of a schedule. And sure, it's important to go off and do these things, but just know that that can add to that underlying dysregulation. Because as fun as and invigorating as these events can be, they are also, they can also be bucket drainers. The excitement and stimulation activate the internal stress response just because of how stimulating they are. So the child or person, I mean, let's face it, there are some adults like me who fall into this category. They spend so much time simply just trying to regulate themselves that they feel drained. Even if they enjoyed it, they feel drained afterwards. This is where responsive rhythms come into play. First, we figure out the priorities of the week. Most of the time, these priorities, like what we plan to do, what we've committed to do, will be output activities. Then prioritize some input slots. Downtime at home, plan to be at home for nap time, simple family activities outside, maybe the quieter activities outside, like just 
family cookie decorating instead of going to a cookie decorating party. I found that what works really well for our family is having one output activity in a day with one input activity. And these are on non-school days. I found that doubling and tripling up just wears my children down. And honestly, it wears me down, which typically isn't a great combination. Now, of course, your family's tolerance window may look totally different, and that's okay. Again, it's about knowing yourself and knowing your family and being able to structure those responsive rhythms around y'all's needs, not what ours look like. (laughs) If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working... Or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set. If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. So here are a couple of other tips. Once you've established what are the activities that fill us up, that energize us, that leave us feeling like we have more to give and we're ready to go out and do things or we're ready to commit to this one thing. After we've discovered those and we've also implemented the other side, the output activity. So things we still want to do, but they just might be a lot. You know, we may need that recharge time after them. We really put those in and we figure out, okay, where's that sweet spot for our family? What does this look like? You know, if we go out in the morning, do we need to make sure we're home for nap time? Or maybe we have a quiet morning doing different family, just small family activities together, or just giving the kids time outside or time, you know, in their rooms or whatever quiet time so that then they can get their nap and lunch and we can go out and we can have an active afternoon. Those are the kind of responsive rhythms that we're looking for. Once you can figure that out and you have a loose, again, the rhythms are loose schedules. They're routine and predictable, but not super rigid. Now we can do two different things with our kids that also just enhance this feeling of safety and security and predictability is implement a visual schedule and front load with your child. So the visual schedule are little pictographs of the main events for the day. So I typically include the anchor points, which are predictable things that happen every day. These are typically like meal times, rest time. And then I'm going to add in the input output activities. So we're going to be at home today and we're going to 
put up Christmas lights or we're going to decorate the Christmas tree. You know, that's those are quiet activities that just our family does together. Then later on, we lunchtime and maybe nap time if they still nap or quiet time if they don't. And then we're going to go out and we're going to do this fun thing we have planned with other people. The pictures are the important part though. So we can't just write out a schedule, like a list of words, like maybe we do for ourselves. The brain doesn't really process that as readily, especially a young child's brain. They process the visual information first. So we give them that visual information. It's easily digestible and it sticks a little better in their head. They can also go back and they can independently reference it. So without any adult support, they can go back up and they can look at it and understand it. And that's very empowering to them to be able to do something like that independently and see their day and understand their day. I always use the example of, you know, after lockdown during COVID, when things start opening back up and going back out in the world and... (laughs) And seeing the first time we went to Disney, Disney had visual markers everywhere. Every arrow, every place you were supposed to stand. Yes, they had the signage up that explained the directions, explained the six feet, explained, you know, the max number of people you have, like all this stuff. But they still had dots, four dots, because four people were together in this cart. They still had lines where you stand. Because the brain just processes those visual cues more efficiently, better. So the visual piece of this is very important and you don't have to overcomplicate it, okay? I have a whiteboard. We use dry erase markers. The kids draw on it now because they're five and almost eight. So it's totally accessible for them to do it. When they were younger, I would draw it and they'd try and help, you know, they'd put their own spin on it. We even had like pictures that we would hang up. So clip art pictures or actual real pictures. If I'm traveling and we need to do it, I will take an eight and a half by 11 just piece of computer paper and use a pencil and stick figure it. So it can be as fancy or as simple as you want. What's just really important is that you include those pictures into the situation. Now, the other piece of this I talked about was front loading. I typically write the schedule out with my children at the kitchen table during breakfast. Or if we're on the road, like if we're on a road trip, I'll do it in the car while we're driving. I think it's the former teacher in me who really enjoys the morning meetings. (laughs) I used to do them with my students. And so I've recreated this at the kitchen table with my kids. And we do a little daily debrief with the visual schedule. And this allows me to front load with them, which essentially is explaining the details of the day. For example, We're going to grandma's and the house is going to be set up for a lot of people. It's going to look different than it typically looks. She said she made a special table that will have a name tag on it just for you. Through this conversation, we can prepare our children for what's to come, which enhances their sense of safety and security. We can also empower them with places, spaces, and times. They get to decide things or can incorporate their own input, such as we're going to stop at the store on our way to grandma's and get flowers. Would you like to pick them out? 
So we're pointing out the days where they have a little bit of power and influence since so much of their day-to-day decision is decided for them. And the other piece of this whole front-loading practice is we want to give them space to bring up any of their concerns. So we go through the day, we welcome their input, point out where they can have that influence, and then ask, what do you think? Am I missing anything? Hmm, grandma's house is going to look a little different. What do you think about that? Because then what we're doing is we're giving our children a chance to process the information ahead of time. And we're giving them space to share their concerns, which may be different than what we expect. They may have a concern about, well, where am I going to sit? I usually sit at the counter, but I can't, I can't sit there. Who's going to sit in my seat? And it gives us time to address those. What about the family dog? When will he get dinner if we're gone? We can invite them into the proactive problem solving. Hmm, would you like to feed him before we go? Or, you know, we'll be home early enough. He'll still get fed at his, his regular time. So they can be reassured of these underlying concerns you didn't even know they had. (laughs) Or they can be invited into proactive problem solving instead of being blindsided by a big unexpected emotional reaction, which, hey, could still happen, right? Life, Life gets mixed up in there. But at least we're practicing these skills so that they can eventually use them. We're modeling and teaching them outside of the heat of the moment, which is really powerful. So I hope you find these responsive rhythms helpful in creating some sweet holiday memories this season with your family. Remember, if you find yourself full of disappointment or annoyance or resentment, check those expectations. You can check those boundaries we talked about last week. Might have to explore some of those. And also just practice acceptance. If it's just something that's unavoidable, the kids are having a hard time, Their reaction to presence isn't what you expected. Acceptance is going to just allow you to enjoy the moment no matter what comes up. This is the moment. It is what it is. And that's enough. I'll be taking the rest of 2022 off and start fresh in the new year. If you would like to deep dive into more of these topics, such as extended family stuff, expectation management for you and your children, Jealousy with siblings, presents, giving and receiving. We'll cover all of these topics in our upcoming annual holiday hot button workshop. I do it every year and I love it so much. Coming up Wednesday, December 14th. For more information or to sign up, you can head to the show notes and click that link. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. If you find this content helpful, Please share a review, share an episode, like and follow this podcast. All of these things help more families discover this platform and the tools that I offer here. Have a wonderful holiday season and I will see you, talk with you next year. 